You think your life is so hard because everybody's an idiot and you have to do everything on your own, right? But guess what? You can't. No one can. I think I'm failing. I'm a bad daughter. Show me what you're made of. All right, let's go. You don't have forever to say what you need to say. We had to keep living. That's what I did. This isn't easy to say after all this time. But I'm sorry. continuing our series called Watch List, where we're taking popular movies and pulling biblical truths from them and breaking it down. And so today, is you ready for it? Top Gun Maverick. Come on, somebody. How many of you have actually seen the movie? Have you seen this? Okay. Huge, huge amount of you. Um, I watched, I've never seen the first one. I know. I watched this one on Monday for the first time. I was preaching on it this weekend, so I was like, I better watch it if I'm preaching on it. So I watched it Monday, and um, within five minutes of watching it, I knew exactly what I wanted this message to be about. You see, if you've seen the Top Gun movies, you know that Maverick is known for one thing. He is always pushing the limits. Always. Uh, He's always seeing how fast he can go, how far he can go. It's really, it's, it's what he is known for. And so I want you to see if you can catch on to that. Watch this first clip. Maverick. 
<laughs> need for speed. Hey, today, I want to talk to you about your legacy. See, I think that we don't talk about our legacy enough. Um, I don't think we think about it enough. But I want to I I ask you the question for you to ponder today. What are you going to be known for? Dead or alive, what is your life going to be known for? You see, see, the Bible makes it really clear to us that life is short. Ecclesiastes says it's like a mist in the air. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. Like life is short. I wanted to spend some more time talking about that, but I didn't want you to, I want you to be encouraged today, not walk away with like an existential crisis. So I'll just, I'll leave it at that, that life is very short so what are you going to be known for? The definition of legacy is this a long-lasting impact of a person's life. So let me ask you this way. What impact are you going to have on this world? That's your legacy. There's a, uh, there's a verse in Acts 9 that speaks so much to me, so powerful, it's a small verse, a short verse, and it's probably never caught your eye before because it's less about the verse and more about one word in the verse that really stuck out to me. See, after Jesus left this world, the disciple Peter is traveling around Israel praying and encouraging and helping people, and he goes to a place called Joppa. Everybody say Joppa. If you look it up in today's maps, it's a place called Jaffa with an F, and you can see it on Google Earth. It's a little bit uh, north, northwest of Jerusalem. And so there's a group of Christians that is already there, and he goes to encourage them. And see what Acts 9, verse 36 through 37 says. It says, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. You got to love Dorcas. I'd go by Tabitha too if my name was Dorcas. <laughs> Look at what it says. She was always doing good and helping the poor. She was always doing good and helping the poor. What was Dorcas doing? Well, Dorcas was always doing good. This was Dorcas's legacy. It was what she was known for when the authors of Acts were writing this story and they thought back on Dorcas the believer. They thought, you know, Dorcas is always doing good and helping people. Let me ask you a question. What will others say you were always doing? What will your kids say you, will, you were always doing? Mom and dad were always on their phone. Mom and dad were always too busy. Mom and dad were always fighting. Or will, will they say something like, mom and dad were always helping people. Mom and dad were always serving at church. Mom and dad were always so loving 
towards whatever it is. Maybe you're not a mom and dad, but fill in the blank. What will others say you are always doing? You know what's crazy about the story of Dorcas is Acts 9 goes on and tells a story about how she died from some illness, and Peter comes in and raises her from the dead. But that wasn't really her legacy. Her legacy was that she was always helping people. Do you know how many people you would have to help for your legacy not to be someone that died and raised from the dead? A lot of people. But it wasn't her legacy. That was Jesus' legacy and Lazarus' legacy and the centurion's daughter's legacy, but not Dorcas. Dorcas's legacy was she was always doing good and helping people. What will people say you are always doing? What a, what a profound question to ask ourselves. So in our movie, um, Captain Pete Mitchell was called back to the Navy for a very important mission. And he gets there but he finds out that it's not quite what he expected. Watch this second clip. Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell, your reputation precedes you. Thank you, sir. Wasn't a compliment. I'm Admiral Bo Simpson. I'm the air boss. I believe you know Admiral Bates. Well, I'm sir. Must admit I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. You two have something in common. Cyclone here was first in his class back in 88. Actually, sir, I finished second. Just want to manage expectations. The target is an unsanctioned uranium enrichment plant built in violation of a multilateral NATO treaty. The uranium produced there represents a direct threat to our allies in the region. The Pentagon has tasked us with assembling a strike team and taking it out before it becomes fully operational. The plant sits in an underground bunker at the end of this valley. Said valley is GPS jammed and defended by an extensive surface-to-air missile array, serving a limited number of fifth-generation fighters, which in turn are backed up by a plentiful reserve of surplus aircraft, even a few old F-14s. Seems like we're not the only ones holding on to old relics. What's your read, Captain? Well, sir, uh, normally this would be a cakewalk for the F-35 stealth, but the GPS jamming negates that. Uh, surface air threat necessitates a low-level laser-guided strike, tailor-made for the F-18, I figure. Two precision bombs, minimum, makes it four aircraft, flying in pairs. That is one hell of a steep climb out of there, exposing you to all the surface-to-air missiles. Or you survive that, it's a dogfight all the way home. All requirements for which you have real-world experience. Not the same mission, sir. No. No, someone's not coming back from this. Can it be done or not? How soon before the plant becomes operational? Three weeks, maybe less. Well, it's been a while since I've flown an F-18, and... I'm not sure who I trust to fly the other three but I'll find a way to make it work. I think you misunderstand, Captain. Sir? We don't want you to fly it. We want you to teach it. Teach, sir? We don't want you to fly it. We want you to teach it. 
See, Maverick was a little older these days, uh, but he still had a lot left in him, but it was no longer his time to do it. It was time for him to teach it, to leave a legacy. And, you know, when I think that sometimes when we consider our legacy, it can feel really big and really scary, like, my gosh, how am I supposed to make sure that my entire life leaves a positive impact on the people around me? Or maybe you're in a place where you feel like um, you, you're too old to start leaving a legacy. It's too late for you. Or maybe you're in a place where you've made so many bad decisions that you feel like that you can no longer salvage it. Let me, just, let me just step away for a moment and talk to the people who feel like it is too late. You know, a lot of times in the Bible, we talk about these people and how young they were when they began their legacies. We talk about how Mary was a teenager when she had Jesus and how uh, uh, David was a young boy when he killed Goliath. But have you ever stopped and considered how old some of these individuals were when they left their legacy behind? How about Paul? He was in his 50s when he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Elijah was in his 50s when he passed his legacy to Elisha. Joshua was 70 when he led the Israelites into the promised land. Moses was 80 when he took the Israelites out of Egypt. Boaz was in his 80s when he rescued Ruth. Daniel was in his 80s when he was thrown into the lion's den. Abraham was 90 when he had Isaac. And y'all, Noah was 600 years old when he built the ark. So don't ever tell me that it's too late or you're too old to begin to leave a legacy behind. Because if you're still breathing, God's still working. If you're still breathing, God's still working. Don't give up on him, and he won't give up on you. And you know, God really cares about your legacy. God cares about what you are known for. Because a lot of times, listen to this, as a Christian, what you are known for is oftentimes what God is known for. What you are known for is oftentimes what God is known for. See, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. I mean, you, you understand that this is why a lot of people have left the church. This is why there is so much church hurt. Uh, this is why for the first time in American history, Christians are the minority in this country because people have had bad experiences with the ambassadors, the representatives of Christ. We talked about this a few weeks ago. That word Christian literally means affiliated with Christ. In the Greek, this word ambassador is the word presibio, which a lot of times was not only used to describe somebody who represented a nation, but it was used to describe a message carrier, someone who took a message from one nation to another or one king 
to another. What a beautiful picture of what your job here on earth is, to take the message of God's kingdom to this world. You have been tasked with bringing the message of God, his kingdom, to everybody around you. And you get to decide how that message is delivered because you are ambassador of Christ. So how do you get somebody to believe that God is a generous God? Probably by being generous. How do you get someone to believe? How do you deliver the message that God is a forgiving God? Probably by being forgiving. A loving God. Probably by being loving. But listen, God cares about what you are known for. Because it's what he's known for. Now let me get to kind of the meat of this message. I don't think I need to spend a ton of time talking about that. What, why your legacy is important. God cares about it. You should care about it. Uh, it's one of the commandments he gave his people in Deuteronomy to leave a good legacy for their children's children. You know how much we care about the next generation here at Cross Timbers Church. and We want to leave a great legacy for them. The question that I really want to answer today is how do I start building a great legacy right now? I already told you it wasn't too late. I already told you you weren't too far gone. So let's answer the question, how do I begin building a great legacy for my life, being known for good things today, after I leave the service, starting tomorrow morning, and, you know, I don't think the answer is as hard as we want to make it out to be. I think it's a very simple answer. I don't think it's easy, but I think it's simple, okay? I don't think the answer is to go out and make a, a, a major change in your life with your job or with your marriage or family or make a great move. I don't think the answer is to go out and do something heroic that you'll always be remembered for. Here's what I think the answer is. I think the answer is for you to go home and steward what God has given you today. That's how you leave a great legacy. To do an excellent job with the tasks and opportunities that have been placed before you. See, I'm going to break that down just a little bit more here in a second, but, but I want to read you a parable that Jesus uh, spoke out of Matthew 25, and it's 16 verses. Is it okay if we read some scripture today? It's 16 verses. I know you guys are used to the one or two verses here, but we're going to read this together, and we'll, we'll stop and talk about it along the way. So look at this verse, Matthew 25, 14 through 30. It says this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. By the way, you are the servant, you are the ambassador that God has trusted his wealth with. So if you're looking for yourself in this story, that's you, okay? To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags of gold. To another, he gave one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. <coughs> Notice something for me. Notice how not everyone got the same amount. Can we just stop and recognize for a second? 
that not everybody will receive the same amount as everybody else. You will not receive the same amount of giftings. You will not receive the same amount of influence or money or responsibility. So we gotta stop comparing ourselves to everybody else. See, if the enemy can get you to to focus more on comparison, then he can stop you from stewarding. But comparison is a trap. See, comparison will make you either feel inferior or superior, but neither one of them honor God. And we're about to find out that the Lord is not so concerned with how much he has given you. He's more concerned with what you do with what he has given you. The man who had received five bags of gold went on at once, put his money to work, and gained five bags more. That's a good legacy. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more, also a good legacy. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold? See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. It's a good deal. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with the two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See that the two that stewarded their gifts well got the same reward. God will reward you the same as everybody else as long as you steward what he has given you well, okay? Then the man who had received one bag of gold came and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Everybody say afraid. And went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. That's not a good legacy. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I return, I would have received it back with interest at least. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. For whoever has been given more, then they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw the worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so look at this. This is so good, and this, this passage like preaches itself, really. Um, he did not steward what God had given him. Why? Why, why did he not steward? He was, he was afraid. He was afraid. So here's, here's the only thing I came to say today. Listen, fear will always keep you from leaving a great legacy. Fear will always keep you from leaving a great legacy. Fear of poverty will keep you from being generous. Fear of rejection will keep you from being loving. 
Fear of resentment will keep you from being forgiving. Fear of vulnerability will keep you from a great marriage. Fear of failure will keep you from being a leader. Fear of being hurt will keep you from building relationships. Fear will always keep you from leaving a great legacy. And God wants to come into your life and tell you what he said 365 times in the Bible. Do not live in fear. Why? Because he is with you. And he wants you to take the biggest risk of all, which is stewarding what he has given you. Just be the loving father. Just be the invested spouse. Be the hardworking employee, the the loyal friend, the generous person. What has God given you today? Listen, this is what this looks like for my life. I'm, I'm gonna do my best today in this moment, preaching this message. May not be the best message I've ever preached. You may not like it very much. It may not be this wonderful uh, uh, piece of work, but I'm going to give everything I have. Then I'm going to go home, and I'm going to engage with my kids. And I'm going to make sure they not- I notice them, and I love them. And I'm going to take care of our house and home that the Lord has given us. Then I'm going to put the kids to sleep, and I'm going to pray with them. And when they're asleep, I'm going to invest in my wife emotionally. I'm going to connect with her. I'm going to engage with her. Then I'm going to get some rest and take care of my body. That's what it looks like for me to steward what God has given me. And I promise you that if you take care of the little things in life, then one day God will look you in the eyes and say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's how you begin to build a great legacy today. This last clip of Top Gun, you know, Maverick is trying to teach this next generation of fighter pilots how to accomplish the mission, and it gets so difficult that they begin to ask him, is this even possible? Do we even have this skill set to get this done? So he decides to take matters into his own hands and show them that it's possible. Watch this last clip.
away. There's a lot of grunting. <laughs> hey, let me just speak real quick, and then I'm done. To the one that is tired, one that's feeling overwhelmed and stressed out every single day, and you get up and you're asking the question, like, is it even possible for me to be a good steward? Is it even possible at this point in my life to leave a great legacy. You need somebody to come alongside of you and tell you, yes, it is possible. And that's exactly what Jesus does in, uh, in <clears throat> Matthew. He says this. He says, with man, it is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. It is possible. Listen, we live in a discouraging world, right? We live in a discouraging world. You're hearing messages all the time from either the outside or you're telling yourself that you're never gonna be good enough, you're never gonna be a good mom or a good dad or be in a happy marriage or be generous or liked or successful. And I'm telling you, with God, all things are possible. And so you wake up tomorrow morning. You surrender your day to the Lord. You steward what he has placed in front of you, taking one step at a time, and you begin to leave a legacy, one that you're proud of and one that he's proud of. And one day, he's going to look you in the eyes, and he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Can I pray for us today? So God, we thank you that, that, that you are with us and that you give us the strength and the desire to do all the things that you've asked us to do. God, I just pray that you would give us the courage to do an excellent job at the opportunities and tasks that have been placed in front of us. Help us love our families well. Help us invest in our marriage well. 
do our jobs well. So that one day people can write about us like they wrote about Dorcas. They were always fill in the blank. They were always loving. They were always generous. They were always peaceful. God, that's what we want. God, continue to use Cross Timbers Church in this area. Help our church family leave a strong legacy behind. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, uh, we got one more week of this watch list series. And then the Sunday after Thanksgiving, we're doing a student takeover Sunday where we're going to have our middle school and high school students uh, doing a lot of the service. It's going to be really fun, and I really want you here, even if you don't have students, to just support them so that we can pour into that next generation. And then after that, we're in our Christmas series. Isn't that crazy? It's Christmas time, y'all. All right, Byron's in the lobby, Byron and Rochelle. Make sure you get a chance to shake their hand, okay? Love you guys. Have a great Sunday.